0: This is a Sport Australia podcast production.
1: Hello and welcome to the Sport Governance podcast series. My name is Kate Corkery and I am the Director of Sport Governance and Strategy at Sport Australia. Over this series, we will take a deep dive into the sport governance principles and how they come to life in practice. Each podcast will focus on an individual principle with a special guest joining me to share their experiences and practical advice with respect to that principle. In today's episode, we are focusing on Principle 5, the rule book. Documents that outline duties, powers, roles, and responsibilities. Principle 5 highlights that an organisation should clearly define and document its structure and the duties, responsibilities, and powers of members, directors, committees, and management. To discuss the rule book, we are joined by Vince Delpreti, the CEO of Athletics WA. Vince was appointed the CEO of Little Athletics WA in July 2016 and held this role until 2019 when he was appointed as the CEO of the One Management Team to lead the historical unification of the sport of athletics in Western Australia. This was undertaken through the merge of Little Athletics WA and Athletics WA. The new state sporting body, Athletics West, launched on 1 July 2020 with Vince at the helm. Vince has had over 30 years experience in human resources management, corporate governance strategic planning and policy analysis he has undertaken many roles in sport including coach team manager club president and board director to name a few vince thank you for joining me to discuss this really important principle thank you kate I hope you're well. I do have a number of people who say to me this is the boring side of good governance and others that say it's the sexy side of good governance. I'm not going to ask you which side of the uh, statement you sit on but from your broad experience in many governance roles why is this principle so important?
0: I think it sets the foundation of how accountable we become as an organisation and as a sport um, and ultimately it really leads to the decision making uh, as an organisation so pretty critical, I would have thought, and and also sets the framework um, for the rest of uh, the people within the organisation.
1: So you're the inaugural CEO of Athletics West, which is a new sporting organisation formed 1 July 2020 with the merger of Athletics WA and Little Athletics WA. What were the key drivers for that merger?
0: One-liner would be the consolidation of The governance of the sport, um, providing a complete sport to potential members and investors, Um, the development of clear pathways for all our coaches, our athletes, our volunteers, and officials. Um, Be fair to say that the sport has been somewhat um, fragmented uh, by having two different organisations. Uh, potentially two sets of values, two sets of um, ideas on how the sport should be run. Um, So the members were pretty strong about uh, wanting to be heard, um, about having a very clearly defined body that manages the sport and has the governance of the sport in WA. It also means that we've been able to streamline uh, our processes and Um, and and I guess even the financial position of the sport in WA um, in terms of uh, the streamlining of of the two businesses into one.
1: Yeah, look, it was a historical unification um, and one that no doubt will become uh, an exemplar for other organisations and sports. When we talk about the rulebook, so that the documents that outline duties, powers, rules and responsibilities, the most important document for sporting organisations is the constitution. So what process did you undertake to build the Athletics West constitution?
0: I think it's important for us to perhaps go right back to when this whole process of becoming one sport actually took place um, that led to the constitution being, being developed. We go way back to 2017 when the sport as a whole decided that we needed to embrace a whole-of-sports strategic plan um, with buying from across the membership. And that set the scene about um, letting the members understand they own the sport um, and we're, we're the, in many ways, the gatekeeper of it. This led to the joint organisation review that was undertaken in 2018 um, which identified 16 key recommendations, with two, two of those major ones being, one, to merge the sport and two, the establishment of a new constitution under the Corporations Act. Um, it's deemed to be important that we would go under the Corporations Act because we believe it provides more scope for the sport, but also it provides a, uh, probably a lot stronger um, reporting requirements to give a sense of comfort to the members that the sport is in really good hands when it it comes to the board and the management um, at Athletics West. Um, The the other key thing for us throughout the journey, the buying and involvement of the members has been critical to the establishment of the new constitution. Um, And we had a lot of consultation uh, forums, regular meetings, regular updates, um, to keep them across how, uh, I guess, the Constitution was being developed. So really critical, and I think, really, the, the rule book played a critical role in that.
1: And you note there the absolutely critical responsibility that members have with respect of constitutions. So in your case, it was the establishment of the constitution, um, but ongoing they will have an obligation for uh, amendment and improvement to the constitution. When you went through that initial negotiations, were there any uh, areas within the constitution that were more difficult than others to negotiate
0: and determine? Yeah, Kate, when you look at that, There was uh, similar constitutions in a way previously, but with some slight, um, I guess, differences. One of them was the definition of membership, uh, believe it or not, in terms of um, slight definitions and what they meant. So we had to work through that process. The voting process uh, was another critical one. In the past, Athletics WA had a voted process a weighted system where based on the size of your club, determine whether you got three votes, two votes, one vote. Little Athletics, it was very much one centre, one vote, regardless of the size of the organisation. So we had to work through, I guess, coming to a position, um, how we would deal with the voting process and what we agreed to in the end. Because we're trying to get clubs and centres, juniors and seniors, to become one, um, we've pretty much said if, if you provide the whole service as a, as a club or a centre, you would get two votes to recognise both sides of the sport. If you're only provide a little athletics uh, program or a seniors program, you would only get one vote. And, and, and I think the members could see the value in, in, in that sort of voting system. Um, the other one was the initial transitional clause in terms of how many directors should we have on the new board. Um, and, and what is the right number. And, and thankfully, we, we had some good guidance in terms of um, documentation, eyes had, um, what constitutes a good, um, uh, I guess, corporation template. Um, and, and we settled on, on a number that both boards were happy with. And then it was how, how do we split, if you like, the transitioning of directors from both boards onto one who would chair um, normally under a, a good governance as you would know the chair would be elected by the directors in this case because the merger was decided that one year the, the, the current chair of liver athletics would chair the board next year will be the, the current chair of the seniors and so that way it was just to, to get a little bit of um, um, how you put it that members felt a little bit more at ease that from both sides they, they were being heard, that they had a, an equal buy-in to the process, an equal buy-in to the, the governments of, of the Athletics West Board. Um, that was a pretty critical piece for them, believe it or not.
1: No, look, they're, they're, the, the selection of the... The board chair, um, and the importance of that within modern or contemporary good governance is is significant. As is having confidence that in, in any transition of an organisation, that corporate knowledge is retained and leadership is consistent. So I think it sounds like they were well worked worked through. In in terms of. Um, whether it's a state sporting organisation or a national sporting organisation, or large or small, why is it important to have clear and transparent documents to explain how the organisations are governed? and And looking at those documents for Athletics West, what key documents have been given priority?
0: So, first of all, if I can say, Kate, um, we we're very fortunate to be able to leverage off Sports Oz um, previous. Uh, governance and best practices documents and frameworks that were available, um, and also the the ability to, um, I guess, leverage of what the two national bodies of Little Athletics Australia and Athletics Australia also had in place in terms of um, its its governance structures and how it had structured its constitution. Um, For us, it's really important um, because this really sets the framework of, I used that word accountability before in decision-making, and it sets for us a really clear framework on the delegation of powers between border management, um, which which certainly leads to very good governance in terms of values, behaviours and practices, which uh, for us are very, very important in terms of, the transparency in the documents and how we govern. Um, also, I think the good documentation also provides a good checkpoint for assessing where the organisation the sport is at. In essence, a, a, a health check of sorts. Um, but also I think it's important that it allows us to um, have in place well-functioning teams that can operate in a safe environment within the organisation and on the board. Um, So, for us, in terms of having clear, concise documents, really assists in, like I said at the beginning, accountability and decision making, um, and really sets a framework that people can work around and with.
1: You've spoken there about delegated authority. So, we know that the board has ultimate responsibility for and control over the way the organisation is run. Um, except in some matters which may require the involvement of members and we've spoken about changing the organisation's constitution however boards can choose to delegate part of their authority to others such as um, the organisation's staff um, and even if they don't have staff to, to volunteers what has been the process to establish clear delegations between the board and yourself as CEO for example?
0: So I think, Kate, first thing we, we've done besides the constitution is that it was important for us to establish uh, uh, some really guiding documents in terms of understanding the, the delegation between the board, the CEO and even the management team. Um, and the first thing we've, we've really put in place is what we call the board charter um, that really sets out directors, CEO and management responsibilities captures the code of conduct in, in there, um, clearly outlines the delegation, um, along with the finance risk and audit documents that we've, we've developed, um, the financial management policy delegation, um, member protection safeguarding uh, policies. So for us, it's really important to, to, to establish those documents that clearly provides a framework around that delegation. Um, Because otherwise it becomes really challenging in in ensuring that people know how to work within, I guess, the the process and the procedures of the organisation.
1: And you've also picked up their board subcommittees. So board subcommittees are a really effective mechanism to assist boards to govern well and to augment... Uh, the capability of the board in terms of additional diversity and expertise, and um, and I was talking to someone today about also the importance of subcommittees as a pathway or, or a training ground for future directors. What has been the process used by Athletics West to identify subcommittees that are going to be able to assist the board?
0: The Athletics West board has got a really strong position, if you like, on its financial and risk management responsibilities. Um, and, and the, the responsibilities directors have in that area. Um, for us, it was really pivotal um, in the early days to establish a finance uh, risk audit committee um, and, and to really ensure that uh, all the documents I've already mentioned, all the delegation, um, that we have a process in place that we know we're on the right track in terms of um, how the organisation is being managed how decision-making is arrived at and, and also I think the real key thing is about providing opportunity for um, growth of the organisation because, like, that committee should also be in a position to say, hey, we're doing some really good stuff. How can we continue to um, have continuous improvement Um, which to me is really critical in terms of of the organisation being able to go forward and the sport being able to go forward. Um, And as you've mentioned, Kate, it also provides a good breeding ground for the next um, level of directors that may wish to join the board um, down the track um, or current directors that may be new to the board and and perhaps as a a way of professional development for them and, and to really get a better understanding of what, governance really does mean and it isn't just attending board meetings and reading your board papers but that you have that responsibility that when you're making decisions um that there is a process around it and that you're making decisions for the right reasons um but to me i I think it also just continues to build on board values and board culture um having subcommittees uh, in, in place um because I think people buy in a lot better.
1: Yeah, they're really um, valuable observations. So if people are listening to our discussion and they want support or somewhere to start, um, and certainly sort of calling out to some of our state sporting organisation directors who might be listening to this podcast series, what advice would you give them?
0: I would certainly refer them to uh, the Sport of Oz um, uh, sport Governance Principles document, uh, fantastic resource um, in terms of what it provides in in really understanding the principles of governance. Um, but I like the questions it actually asks under each of the principles. Um, really easy to follow, and it gives you a really good heads up in terms of things you need to be thinking about. The other thing I like um, on your website is there's fantastic array of templates. Um, that certainly will assist any sport in terms of understanding the documentation and needs and the support it can get by leveraging off those um, templates that are available on the Sport Oz website. The other thing as well is people shouldn't be scared as well to get on the blower, um, ring Sport Oz and, and, and ask for help or support. Um, and, or even the the Department of Sport and Red, they may have it within their state who are a valuable resource as well. And, uh, and I think the other valuable resource we have is that we have so many people uh, knowledgeable within the sport industry that they could actually um, get in touch with like athletics um, that can explain the journey we've been on, um, what's meant in terms of governance and, and, and what they need to do. So I think there's just so many wonderful resources available um, that I think really people can tap into.
1: Yeah, I mean, what you've highlighted there is there's really no excuse. I mean, the state and territory, uh, departments of sport and recreation, um, ourselves at Sport Australia, and like you say, your colleagues in the sector are are almost always too willing um, to help and and provide support. Um, You mentioned there the questions to ask in the sports governance principles. Um, Are they a a source of discussion or debate in the Athletics West uh, boardroom at the moment?
0: Absolutely, Kate. Um, as of last week's board meeting, uh, there was a commitment made by the directors that uh, at each board meeting we will go through two principles, um, which becomes a good of a uh, becomes a very good um, health check for us, as I've mentioned previously. But we're also using as part of our development of um, our culture, our culture s- uh, sessions in terms of. The values we want to have the expected behaviors around those values um, and and also as a way of uh, board professional development for our directors there would be some that have already been through um, upskilling previously um, that perhaps it's great for them to to go back and and have a read of those questions and then be in a position to provide their uh, expertise to the new directors but also for the new directors to get an understanding okay that's what those things mean, and that's what I need to be doing. So, um, and then to complement them, I think the podcasts that are being done, um, which I, I think will always provide some additional uh, information in terms of what the questions may mean, or what does that particular principle mean. So it's been it's been fantastic, certainly for Athletics West, um, to get now the the board really engaging around the sports governance principles.
1: Vince, thank you for joining me on our Sport Oz podcast series, Exploring Principle 5, The Rulebook. And um, best of luck to you and and the board of Athletics West as they continue to um, embed and activate good governance um, in athletics in Western Australia.
0: Thank you, Kate. And again, thank you to Sport Oz for certainly your support of the sport of athletics coming together in WA.
1: If you'd like to access a copy of the Sport Governance Principles, you will find them at the SportOz website, sportoz.gov.au forward slash governance. If you have any feedback or questions, please email us at sportsgovernance at ausport.gov.au. My name is Kate Corkery and I look forward to you joining me for the next podcast in the Sport Governance series.